Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. A great conversation with Zach Lowe a little while ago. He was on the Goodyear Hotline. All the guests are there. Uh, obviously, Paul George, the center of the discussion. Nuno, this literally just popped up on my feed from ESPN Stats and Info. By the way, if you're a person who likes statistical analysis, analytics, that kind of thing, uh, that's a, a highly recommended feed. At ESPN Stats Info is really good stuff there. But Nuno, according to Elias, Paul George last night is the fourth player all time with 40 points, 10 boards, and 70% shooting in a playoff game when facing elimination. And here's the reason I'm mentioning this to you. All right, so he's the fourth ever to do it in an elimination game having 40 and 10 and shooting 70% from the floor. Again, he had 41 points last night. He shot 15 of 20 from the floor and had 13 boards. So he did it last night. LeBron, LeBron James did it in 2012. That's his legendary game six against Boston, right? Will Chamberlain did it in 1970. And then there's Patrick Ewing in 1990. I'm trying to remember that game. Was that, at, was that the Celtic game? Was that the best of five when they went and beat the Celtics in Game 5 in Boston? Is that the game I'm thinking of? What, what, what game did Ewing do that? That's the only game I can remember, So, but to not to be factually incorrect, I will look, look that up. up for me. 1990, I'm just the years sort of meld. That would have been the pre-Pat Riley-Nick era. That would have been like the Stu Jackson. If there's a year I'm thinking of, it's a year the Knicks were down 2 nothing to the Celtics in a best of five and came back and beat them in Game 5 in Boston ultimately and I believe Stu Jackson was the coach. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Ewing was definitely on that team. Would that have been the game that Ewing went 40, 10, and 70% from the floor? Look that up if you get a chance. It's, it's not that that's the point of the story here, but, but that's the company that Paul George is keeping. Paul George had that kind of night. You know, legacy reshaping. That's where we opened the show today. I mean, the, the regular season is about getting paid the regular season is your job if you're an NBA player and this time of year is about history it's about legacy and we all know what Paul George's is and has been we all know that eight years ago he looked destined to be the next one like he literally might be like sitting next to neck to neck with LeBron and then Boyd took a couple of twists and turns on the way out of Indiana bad trade the the, the trade winds up benefiting the Pacers goes to OKC goes nowhere with Russell Westbrook goes to LA they get bounced last year Playoff P. We all know. Pandemic P. We've all heard it. So you got to give him his due. He rose up last night and played great. I mean, great in an elimination game. And again, I hope for the sake of him that if they don't win this series, I'm kind of rooting for Chris Paul to finally get to the finals. I don't have a horse in this race. Obviously, both of those guys have a lot of legacy at stake. But I hope for, for him that if they don't win, if, if they lose in game six or seven, it's not because he lays an egg. It's not because he has a terrible game that erases the memory of this. Because I I liked that vindication for him last night. Did you say you got it, Nuno? Yeah, so it was game four. They were down uh, 2-1 to the Celtics in that first round. He went for 44 points, 13 rebounds. He uh, shot 75% from the field. Had seven steals and five assists that game. Wow. That, 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 and then they went back to Boston and won. And he hit that. Remember, there was a corner three with the clock uh, winding down where he just threw up the shot. He hit that. And that was a game where Larry Bird tried late in that game when it was close, tried to come underneath the uh, and reverse dunk and ended up missing. And at, at that point, you just knew they were going to win. That was at the Garden. But they had to go back to Boston and win game Correct. five, and they did. I remember that game better than I remember game four. But one way or another, anyway, that was the Ewing game. But it's Ewing, LeBron James, Wilt Chamberlain, and 
Paul George last night. It was that kind of performance. Meanwhile, I was I was reminded of something. Uh, Greeny presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. I was reading notes about that game this morning, and there's a story. Monty Williams, the coach of the Suns, was saying, we needed to play with more desperation. We can't just play and in, in roll the balls out there kind of mode. We, we need to play desperate like they did. And all I could do was smile. I've said this a million times. Desperation is not something that can be manufactured. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Suns played as hard as they could, so they gave it 100%. They gave it 100%. The Clippers gave it 110%, which does exist. Desperation creates the additional 10. And anytime anyone disagrees with me, I continue to say this. When Usain Bolt is standing in the starting blocks to run the 100 meters at the Olympics, he wants to win a gold medal. He wants to set a world world record. Do you think he's giving it 100%? Do you think he's running as absolutely as fast as he possibly can? Of course he is. But would he run faster if he was taking a hike in the woods and he encountered a bear and there was a bear behind him? Do you think he'd run faster? Of course he'd run faster. There's 110%, and that comes from desperation, and it's not something that can be manufactured. You can't tap into it. It is something that comes from seeing your mortality professionally or otherwise. And so that's, that's why these games happen. That's why a Suns team manages to win that game last night because that's not something that can be ratcheted up or manufactured. That's something that just exists There was a level of desperation they played with that no matter how hard they tried, the Suns just weren't going to be able to match. So there we have it. That is what happened last night. The the Suns played 100%. The Clippers went to 110. They still face elimination. They've won seven games in this postseason when trailing in a series. They were down 2-0 to the Mavericks. They were down 3-2 to the Mavericks. They were down 2-0 to the Jazz. And they were down 3-1 to the Suns. And here they are still alive. And if they win at home tomorrow night, which you got to give them, I guess, better than a 50-50 shot to do, they'll have a one-game situation in Phoenix for a shot to go to the finals. It's unbelievable. And the guy who I think, look, the legacy reshaping last night was for Paul George. He gets all the credit. But the other one who I think is coming out of this thing looking unbelievably good in L.A. is Ty Lue. Ty Lue, who I think was generally sold short for how well he coached in Cleveland, because that just was all about LeBron. Anytime LeBron is involved, everything is going to be all about LeBron, for better or for worse, and probably reasonably so. He, of course, was the most important thing. But the more you hear people talk about it, and I've had Richard Jefferson, who was on that team, tell me multiple times that Ty Lue doesn't get enough credit for how well he coached that series when they won that thing in 2016. And he's getting the credit now. They're calling him Bill Belichick. He has done an unbelievable job. Opened that game in his zone last night. We'll see where it goes. And, and then just quickly going back to the Paul George rewriting his legacy before our eyes. It's interesting because these guys are so famous now. NBA stars are so famous that their entire lives play out right before our eyes. Right? I mean, think about how long Paul George has been a part of the narrative. We've seen so much from him. We saw him burst onto the scene as a potential superstar. We saw him tear open his leg, I mean, literally and horribly, uh, playing for the Olympics or play, you know, playing for the national team. The long comeback, would he ever be the same again? We've seen the highs and the lows, the playoff P, the pandemic P. He's 31 years old. 
It's incredible to think of in real terms. You know, 31, you hear about basketball players and you think, well, he's 31. (laughs) You know, he's an older guy. 31 years old. When we started Mike and Mike in the morning, I was 32. And all anyone said was I was too young for that job. People were saying, you can't put him in that spot. He's too young. I was a year older than he is now. He's an old man. In sports, it reminds me of what Derek Jeter said. Derek Jeter said he was playing baseball and he was an old man. And he retired. And the next day, he was young. Fascinating the way we look at these things in sports. So much of this I find so interesting. These guys are so famous now. They're so much more famous than they were when I was young. When I was a kid, this, this kind of melodrama just didn't come because people weren't interested in it enough. But a guy like Paul George is a celebrity of the magnitude that almost no one from outside of sports in this country eclipses. A small handful of people in music and entertainment are more famous than a guy like Paul George, and he's not one of the 10 most famous players in the NBA. It's amazing how famous these guys are, and that is what brings the drama. So it's fascinating to watch. Again, I'm rooting for him and I'm rooting for Chris Paul. I can't root for both of them, or I should say both of them can't win. But one of them is finally going to get over this hump. I'm kind of hoping it's Chris Paul. But again, I hope it isn't because Paul George falls on his face. I I hope that if they get knocked out, it's not because he doesn't play a big game. Because that would kind of undo what he did last night. And I liked it for him. All right. Meanwhile, and quickly. The Scoop. And for those of you who, who pay attention to this stuff, I am very interested in it. For those of you who care about the paying of college athletes and all the rest of that, yesterday was a very big day in the world of name, image, and likeness. Name, image, and likeness is um, the way that players would capitalize on their fame without actually being paid a salary by their university. Those are two totally separate things. A player being allowed to cash in on his or her name or image or likeness. Huge day in two different ways for that. One, the governor of the state of Ohio signed an executive order allowing students to profit from name, image, and likeness, which means the quarterback of Ohio State and everybody else, at least as far as the state of Ohio is concerned, can go open a car dealership this weekend, and they can post ads, come see this guy or that guy or whatever it is. They can make money off their name, image, and likeness. Now, the NCAA, obviously, and the state of Ohio are not the same jurisdiction. But the state of Ohio yesterday passed an order. These, these players can capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. And on the same day, Graham Mertz, who's the quarterback of Wisconsin, released a promotional video. I saw it on Instagram, which ended on his new trademarked logo. He has a trademarked logo. The quarterback of Wisconsin, it's like a G and an M, and it's like a you know funky, fancy, cool-looking logo. He is the quarterback of Wisconsin, and he has a logo, and it's trademarked. So the times, they are a-changing. Name, image, and likeness is here. So for those of us who have followed college sports all of our lives, whether you think this is good, bad, or indifferent, it is changing right now, directly in front of us, and fast. Coming up next, the most important story in sports could come to an end this week, but it won't. I'll explain why right after this on ESPN Radio.
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100, 100 times, times your money, times money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy with you presented by progressive insurance our guests on the goodyear hotline and a quick reminder we're here two hours every single day, coast to coast on ESPN Radio. We'd love you to listen to every second. But if you ever miss anything, there's two ways to catch up anytime you want. Because we stream on ESPN+. Plus. Now, we're streamed live, but it lives the rest of the day. So you can watch any time of day that you like. We also are a podcast. They take each hour of the show, make it its own individual podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny, and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Meanwhile, the scoop. I touched on this briefly yesterday. Aaron Rodgers could put an end to this entire melodrama in Green Bay this week if he wanted to. But in order to do so, he'd have to put an end to his season. Again, we touched on it. We've talked about it on Get Up. July 2nd, which is Friday, is the deadline by which NFL players can opt out of the season at no penalty that came into place because of COVID. Last year, as you'll recall, a lot of players opted out because of COVID. This year, I don't know that any will. But Aaron Rodgers could opt out at no penalty. And what do I mean by no penalty? If Aaron Rodgers doesn't opt out and then holds out from training camp and refuses to play for the Packers this year and does not get traded, they can start finding him a fortune every single day of training camp that he misses. It's a lot of money. They can go after his signing bonus. They can go after a bunch of different stuff. We calculated, we had a stat this morning, Dan Graziano calculated that it could cost him up to $29 million to sit out this season if he doesn't want to play for the Packers and doesn't get traded. $29 million. Now, he's a very rich man who stands to make a lot of money for the rest of his life. But $29 million is a lot of money. He doesn't lose a penny of that if he opts out. So if he genuinely feels like there are no circumstances under which I will play for Green Bay, and he looks at it that way, he says, I will sit out this season, 
and I'll do it without it costing me $29 million bucks. Then they'll trade me next year, no harm, no foul, as far as his contract is concerned. It actually makes some sense. Now, do I expect him to do it? No, I certainly don't. But he's got 29 million reasons to consider it. Again, the downside of it is it is irrevocable. So if he decides to do that on Friday, he can't change his mind Saturday. He is ineligible to play this season, regardless of what happens. So that was one of the things I was thinking about. And then I was just contemplating the juxtaposition of him and Tom Brady right now. They are the two preeminent stars in the sport right now, right? Those are the two legends. Forever it was Brady and Manning's league, right? It was Brett Favre and Manning's league. Then it became Brady and Manning's league. Now it's sort of Brady and Aaron Rodgers' league. And there's guys, you know, coming up behind them, I guess on some level. It's already Patrick Mahomes' league. But you know what I mean. The two aging longtime veterans, the two all-time greats. And just look at the juxtaposition. Brady's got seven championships, Rodgers has won. Brady's in a situation where he looks insanely happy. Talking to everyone about anything. He's on cordon singing Hamilton songs. He's playing in this match with Phil Mickelson. Rodgers is holding out, stuck in Green Bay. He's playing with Bryson DeChambeau, who, with no disrespect intended to him, is kind of where fun goes to die. And what I mean by that is Phil Mickelson is, is like your wacky uncle, playing golf with him, and Bryson DeChambeau is like that genius relative you have who every time you talk to him, you just feel stupid but aren't particularly interested in the things he's saying. Because, again, I don't mean this negative. If you know anything about Bryson DeChambeau, maybe all you know about him is that he went from one size to another size. He's swole. But what he is is all about the physics. He, he, is, he, is, he has taken sport, the, the sport of golf and turned it into an analytical or analytics exercise. It's all about the physics and the air density and all of that. That's what he is. So Aaron Rodgers is playing with him, and Brady is playing with Phil. And it's just fascinating. And so it sort of came up in the get-up meeting yesterday, and I wanted to get to it, and I didn't get a chance, but I, I rather like it, and so I wanted to bring it here today. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. If you could trade lives with any one person in sports right now, who would it be? You know, because I've said many times, I would not trade life. I, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I would not trade lives with anyone because that would mean trading families and all that kind of stuff. I, I wouldn't do that. But that's not what we're talking about. Let's be clear. What we're talking about is who in sports just has life by the short hairs right now like nobody else. I've always said if I could trade lives with any one person in sports, it would be a golfer. Because my dream life would be traveling around the world and, you know, fancy accommodations and private planes and whatever else it is they have uh, to, to always be in the most beautiful locations playing golf on the most beautiful golf courses in the world. To, for that to be your life, I can't as one, I just love the sport, my favorite thing. So for me, I've always said that would be it. But as I look at Tom Brady right now, and I see him on the shop, and I see him on Corden. He's sitting there singing Hamilton with James Corden in a golf cart. No one is living life the way Tom Brady is. I wonder if he's actually become the answer to that question. If you could trade places with any one athlete right now, any one person in sports, would it be Tom Brady? If not, who would it be? And Because and, what I mean by that is, is the question is really, who in sports has life on a string, because I can't say what I really mean, has the world on a string more than anybody else. Nuno, who's yours? Mine, I think right now, 
I can't believe I'm saying this, is Tom Brady. Nuno, who's yours? I know they lost on Sunday, and it's such a cop-out for me to say this, but it is Cristiano Ronaldo for me. I w- it's being a soccer player. Everyone knows your face. You know, you have more money. You know, you're the first athlete to reach over a billion dollars. It's just that. Sign me up. And you're also, everyone should know, you're, you're, your family is from Portugal. Yep. Right? You were born in Portugal. So you yep. live and die with that. And, Correct. And um, so I get it. And he is, look, he probably is, I believe he has, correct me if I'm getting this right, or don't correct me if I get it right. Correct me if I get it wrong. I believe Cristiano Ronaldo has more Instagram followers than any other person on the planet. Mm-hmm. I believe he is number one. Like, he's the biggest star in the world. The most famous person in the world might be Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I don't think that's overstating it. So in this country, like, I, here, I'll give you a quick story. Did, did I ever tell you my Ronaldo story? No. Nope. No, you haven't. My family is in Miami. I'm sitting with with Stace and Dan Lebetard <laughs> having a drink late in the afternoon at a pool uh, at, outside the hotel we're staying in in Miami Beach. Uh, we go down there for Christmas. This is probably 2000, maybe 14, 15, something like that. I'll find the picture. Cristiano Ronaldo is just sitting on a beach chair and no one is bothering him. He does not have security around him. He is not, he is not being flanked by anyone. He's just sitting there. People left and right are coming up to say hello to Lebetard and me. No one is bothering Cristiano Ronaldo. My son, Stephen, goes over, sits down next to him on his chair, asks for a selfie, and takes a selfie with Cristiano Ronaldo. So that just goes to show you, he is the most famous, he might be the most famous person in the world. In the United States, no one was bothering him at a pool seven years ago. How do you explain that? I mean, maybe they just knew better, right? Plus, you were with Mr. Miami anyway, right? Dan Levitard? I, I guess. But, I mean, yes, he, look, he's like the mayor of Miami, okay? Be- being with him in Miami is like, is like being with Elvis. I, I, that's fine. But, but that's not my point. Could you imagine LeBron James sitting there? <laughs> I mean, could you, I, I, this is the company that, that, that Ronaldo keeps. Anyway, I'm getting late here. I'll come back to that. I'll post that picture, by the way. I'll put that as soon as I can. As soon as I get to this break here, I will post that picture on Instagram at ESPN Greeny of my son and Cristiano Ronaldo. Just to, I mean, not that you think I'm making this up, but just to prove that this happened. And I'll put the date next to it. But I thought this would be an interesting uh, topic for calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you could trade places right now, with any one person in sports, who would it be? Call me now. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with. 
but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Says Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. I, I posted the picture, again, just to give you an indication as I get set to come to the phones here, of just the difference in this country and any place else. I would assume anywhere else in the world, literally anywhere else in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo would need all kinds of security to be anywhere. But on December 22nd of 2015, he was sitting by a pool at the same hotel that we were in, in Miami Beach, and my son, who at that time in my head, he would have been 13 years old, just walked over and said, can I take a selfie with you? And did. And just imagine that happening in this country with LeBron James or Dwayne Wade or Tom Brady or anybody else. Just impossible to fathom. Uh, just sort of a weird way of looking at it. One way or the other, we're coming to the calls here. The question is, if you could trade places with any person in sports right now, I suggested that no one is living their best life any more than Tom Brady is right this minute. If you could pick someone to trade places with, who would it be? I'm coming to your calls in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner who's hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Connor is in for Bubba today. And Connor, those are enormous shoes for you to fill, and you are going to line up the callers for us here. Good morning, Connor. How we doing, Granny? We will start with Mike and Queens. All right, Mike and Queens, who would you trade places with right now? Anybody in sports, who would you trade places with? Mike, love the show. I got to tell you, Mike, it's got to be Giancarlo Stanton. The guy doesn't even have to go to the field. He doesn't even own a glove. It's it's really <laughs> it's amazing. He's got eight more years He's got a team option. They got they could buy him out for $10 million in 2028. <laughs> Love the man. Guy's got a great smile. Give him a month where he gets hot, five months off, you know, with the bat, and then six months actually off in Cabo. That's Love pretty, the show, man. Have a great day. Thank you very much. It's, it's a good call. Look, I mean, <laughs> it, it, the amount of money involved is unbelievable. There is more to life than money, but but it sure, what was the line from the Rodney Dangerfield movie? It, it 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 may not buy you happiness, but it can let you pick your own kind of misery. I like that call. Connor, who's next? Let's go with Ethan in New York. Ethan, who would you trade? Anybody in sports right now, who are you trading places with? Um, Hey, Greeny. Uh, so a lot of athletes have a lot of success right now, but how many of them can say that they're in the Western Conference Finals and also dating Kendall Jenner? I'm going with Devin Booker. Okay, that's very good. See, that that's where... I'm not as big on the who's dating who thing. I, I watched the show Dave with my son, and there are a lot of celebrities, and that's how I sort of keep up on things. And I have trouble sometimes keeping my Jenners and my Kardashians apart. There are quite a few Jenners who are significant, right? And there are quite a, a few Kardashians. And so Devin Booker is dating Kendall Jenner. Is that right? Do I have that right? Kendall Jenner? So that sounds good to me. All right, Devin Booker, he'll get paid someday. He, he doesn't have Brady or, uh, or Stanton money, but he's doing just fine for himself. I like that call. Cam, uh, Connor, who's next? 
Let's go with Josh. Josh, who would give me an athlete you would trade places with and why? Um, right now, I'm going with I'm going with Jake Paul. I'm in my late 20s right now. I used to follow the kid in Disney. I understand Ronaldo. I understand Tom Brady. But Jake Paul is someone who was a regular guy 10 years ago who made it on YouTube. And now look at him. He, he's living the dream. And uh, I don't know. Right now, realistically, I think if I could, I'd trade places with, with Jake Paul. Throw the gloves on. It's fascinating. You know, the, 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 I have made a point when Jake Paul and his brother Logan Paul had their fights of making sure we talked about it here because I want everyone my age to understand the magnitude of the celebrity of these guys. It doesn't mean that I, I, it's not a value judgment. I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other, but because of my son who was, who routinely watched those vlogs and stuff like that, when those guys first started becoming famous, the understanding of just what a big deal those fights are and just what a big deal those guys are. And I saw Jake Paul say, my goal is not to be the greatest boxer of all time. It's to be the biggest entertainer in the world. And he probably isn't that, but he's a lot closer than I think most people roughly my age have any understanding of. So while I might think that's a crazy pick, I understand that you would probably not be alone in it. Thank you for the call. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Connor, who's next? Next up is Rick. All right, Rick, who's, who in the world of sports just has life on a string right now? Who is it? It's got to be Dustin Johnson. I mean, the guy's best friend is Wayne Gretzky. He's married to Gretzky's daughter. He golfs with him whenever he wants, and he plays golf for a living. I mean, what else What else is there? Yeah, I mean, it, it, Dustin and Paulina are the first couple of golf, I guess. Um, and, yes, I, I love watching. And, again, DJ would be a great point. All those golfers have so much money and so much potential to make more. He's, he's set up for a million lifetimes. And, but I love watching. They play together at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am when he plays with Gretzky. When I had Dustin Johnson, was it here, Nuno, or was he on Get Up? I forget which show I had him on, but I asked him, like, what is something you've learned from Wayne Gretzky, from having Wayne Gretzky as your father-in-law? And he talked about the determination about, you know, I mean, he's, his father is one of the five greatest athletes that ever lived. And he talked about the, the focus and the, and the determination and the tenacity and all that kind of stuff that he has learned from Gretzky. That's a good one. Dustin Johnson is a very good call indeed. Let's do a few more. I like it. Connor, give me another. We'll go with Joey. Joey, who's got life, who's got the world on a string in the world of sports right now? Um, I'd have to go with Floyd Mayweather, man. He's uh, out here, you know, making exhibition matches, uh, you know, fighting Jake Paul, making millions. Uh, He's been making millions for years. Uh, So I I just got to go with Floyd Mayweather, man. He's regarded as one of the best ever already, so. That's just See, to have become Floyd Mayweather, though, you have to have gotten punched a lot. Now, in his particular case, maybe not, <laughs> because he got punched probably less than anybody ever, and that's what made him one of the greatest fighters of all time. But being a boxer just would not appeal to me. I hear what you're saying. Yes, he's got all the money in the world, and yes, he has found what I'm sure is a delightful new revenue stream, which is fight YouTube stars for tens of millions of dollars. Um, being a boxer of all the different things you could be would, ap- would be very low on my list of appealing. So would being a football player. So I never would have thought that I would have chosen Tom Brady. But Brady seems to have superseded football now, right? Like he's doing this at 43, soon to be 44. He's, 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 got, he's got everything as wired as you can possibly have it. I, he sort of seems to have, um, it almost seems like he's bigger than football right now, which is something that I would never have imagined, but he would be on my list. All right, Connor, give me one more. All right, let's do Travis. Travis, who's got the world on a string? Travis? 
We lost him. We lost Travis. Give me one, Connor. Give me another. Let's go with Devin in the control room here. All right, De- De- all right. Oh, my goodness. Look at Devin weaseling his way into the segment. You like that? Who is it going to be, Devin? All right, so you want to be a baseball player because they get paid a fortune. You want to be a young baseball player who's already been paid, and you want to be someone who lives in a beautiful area, Fernando Tatis Jr. He lives in San Diego, right? He's got all the talent in the world. And yes, he, he can do whatever he wants. What is it? What is his contract again? It was was it three hundred and twenty five? I forget what he got. Three hundred and something, right? Yeah, something like that. And he, and you know, and he also has the ability to restructure multiple times throughout his. Career. Oh yes, oh yeah, he'll opt out of his three hundred million. <laughs> he, he will he will age out of his three hundred million dollar contract very quickly. I really appreciate the calls. I love doing that. I love having these conversations. I love your ability to jump in here and my ability to hear from you and we try and make sure we have a chance to do it every single day. I'm Greeny. We're brought to you by Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Meanwhile, one more thing I wanted to get into here. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Okay. So the Scotty Pippen interview with uh, Dan Patrick yesterday, I, I, I would guess pretty much everyone has seen it by now. It got an extraordinary amount of attention because one of the things he said or suggests in it is um, that, that, that maybe Phil Jackson, his longtime coach in Chicago, is a racist. And I really can't address that piece of this because if that is Scotty's perspective and he's comfortable saying it, then I, I can't sit here and tell him that he's wrong or that I disagree. I, I don't know that that is something to have an opinion on. What I do find fascinating, I, I watched... They posted about a four-and-a-half-minute clip yesterday that I watched uh, all of. And, and um, you know, Dan does some things as well as literally anybody in our business. And, and one of them is um, because of his stature, people will talk to him in ways that they might not always feel comfortable talking to others. And then he does a very good job of just getting out of the way. And I found – look, I don't know what's going on with Scotty. Um but I, I had heard uh, – let me go all the way back. I'm not doing this well. Let me go all the way back. When Scottie Pippen was playing for the Bulls, I was there. I was just a kid. I was just a kid reporter. I don't want to suggest that he and I were friends, that we hung out together. Don't get me wrong. None of that. But all those guys on those Bulls teams, because they made my career, because I am who I am in life and I have what I have in life overwhelmingly because of those guys, I will always feel a great attachment to them. And it's first and foremost, Michael, but the others who were there for all of it are Scotty and Phil. Phil was there for all the championships. Scotty was there for all the championships. Michael was there for all the championships. And Jerry Krause. And you have heard me vociferously defending Jerry Krause on these airwaves when almost no one else seems to. I have defended Jerry Krause. At minimum, uh, his greatness as a general manager and the credit that he doesn't get in my view. And so I feel very connected to Scotty, even though he, he and I don't know each other well. He's been on a variety of shows that I've hosted over the course of years. He came to ESPN to work and has, has worked for us, I want to say, off and on over a long time now. I don't, I don't really know exactly where things stand with that. And he now has a bourbon that he, is, um, that he is marketing, and he has a book coming out this fall. But the one thing that I picked up from that interview with Dan, and look, you never know if you're just getting someone on a bad day, but the bitterness that Scotty seems to feel when he opens up about the way that all played out with him and Michael really struck me. That's what I was struck by. Again, the comments on Phil are what got a lot of attention and fully understandably so. And I just don't know that it's for me to comment on that because I don't know any of the realities of the situation. 
if Scotty com- uh, is comfortable going there, then that's that's for him, and that's for him and Phil to work out and wh- whoever else. But I was struck further by some of the other stuff when he was talking about the way Michael Jordan sort of manipulated the situation, how all those cameras in the huddle. If you haven't seen the clip, then you need to watch it to understand what I'm saying. But but basically, when talking about the play at the end of the game being drawn up for Tony Kukoc, Dan brings up, well, didn't Steve Kerr have plays drawn up for him? And, and, and he points out Michael Jordan saying in that huddle that we all saw, we've all seen it now a million times in last dance, you know, I, I've got, you'll take the last shot. I'll get you the ball. And Steve Kerr saying, I'll be ready. And Scotty is very angrily <coughs> insinuating that that was staged. That that was Michael talking for the camera's benefit, that those were Michael's cameras, not network cameras, NBC cameras, but those were Michael's cameras that were documenting everything that he was doing. And, and here they did show up all these years later, 20-something years later in Last Dance. But what I was struck by, and it really saddened me as I watched it, is at least in that conversation how little joy Scotty seems to take at the enormity of the accomplishments they had together. And it really does make one think. Now, I had heard through the grapevine that Scotty was really unhappy with the way he was portrayed in Last Dance. Last Dance was Michael's telling of Michael's story. And let's face it, those teams, first, last, and always, will be about Michael. And that's right, because he was the greatest player and the biggest star in the world at the time and maybe ever. So I understand where... Um, where the, the, why the films were what they were. But I had heard that Scotty felt very slighted, that he felt hurt, that he wasn't portrayed as more of, you know, these days you've got, you've got every star, team has two stars, that he wasn't portrayed as being on Michael's level, but that he was more portrayed as being one of the people that won because of Michael. And I think Scotty to some degree, and now I'm psychoanalyzing this and I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it, but I felt very strongly listening to that interview that Scotty feels slighted and that he feels that he is not appreciated for what he was. He was much more than Michael Jordan's sidekick. I mean, yes, Jordan was the best player, and that's never going to change, and and that wasn't going to change no matter who was number two. But Scotty Pippen was much more than someone who just went along for the ride. Scottie Pippen did things for those teams that almost no other NBA players could have done. Every single night, Scottie Pippen guarded the other team's best player. Every single night. Jordan was a great defender. Scottie Pippen was a good two inches taller, longer, was an unbelievable defender. He guarded the other team's best defender every night and contributed huge offense, point forward and was the second-best player on teams that won six championships in eight years. And yet sometimes I do believe he is remembered, and I understand why he would feel slighted by this. I think he is remembered as that guy who played with Michael. So I get it. But I think what made me sad watching it was how strongly I got the impression that that irks him, that that eats at him to this day. Again, I don't know that for certain, and maybe this was just five bad minutes that he was having on, you know, on a rough day. But I hope someone gets a hold of him. I'd love to talk to him about it to ask him that. You know, he's got a book coming out this fall, and I would be prepared for that book to not not be the most pleasant portrayal of his experience. That's the impression I get. I haven't read any excerpts or anything. I'm not telling you I know that. But I, I get the sense that that's what it's going to be. 
But one way or another, I just wanted to share that while, again, the headline from that, all the attention is going to be on what he said about Phil. What I took away from it was just how little joy Scotty seems to take in remembering something that everyone else in the world remembers joyously. Every other member of that team, even the ones who were totally intimidated by Michael, they they loved having been a part of that. Look what it did for Steve Kerr and for Horace Grant and for Dennis Rodman and for Phil Jackson. And look what it did for all the fans. And look for what it did for a bunch of reporters lucky enough to be there, like me. Again, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for that. Scotty doesn't seem to take a lot of joy in it, and that really made me sad. Because he was definitively the second most important reason that it happened. And... I think the world needs to make do a better job of letting him know that we know that. That's the sense I took away from that conversation with Dan. Anyway, one way or another, this has been a fun day. Thank you for the phone calls. Thank you for everything. And we'll see you back in better than ever tomorrow right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.